Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I want to welcome everyone to the Librarian Influencers Podcast, and I have Shauna Ford with me today, and Shauna has had a varied experience in school libraries. So Shauna, tell us a little bit about your background with libraries. Okay. Well, I found my way into the library a little bit later in life. Um, I taught in the classroom for 19 years. I taught third grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade in Texas and a little stint in Georgia. Okay. Um, not long, but <laughs> I got back pretty quick to Texas. Okay. Um, most of my experience was fourth grade on Title I campuses. And I got to the point where I still really loved teaching, but I knew I needed to do something different um, mm-hmm. to kind of change things up. And around that time, there was an advertisement for Sam Houston State, and they were um, doing a, um, a master's in library science. And it was almost like a buy one class, get one free. I mean, it was a fast track to get your master's in library science. And my undergrad is in Sam, is from Sam Houston. It actually is criminal justice. So a whole other story. But um, I uh, applied for that and um, began working on my master's degree while I was a fourth grade teacher on a campus and ended up moving into the library halfway through my master's. So I finished my first year um, or my first year as a librarian, I was finishing up my master's degree, Okay, um, which actually made it really nice because you could just apply everything you were doing. Um, So I was an elementary librarian for four years in a small district west of Fort Worth. And um, then I had the opportunity to move into curriculum and instruction and I became a digital learning coordinator for the district. Okay. I um, wasn't over librarians. I worked closely with them and advocated for them because I recognized um, that they needed somebody at the district level to advocate for them. And so I continued to work closely with them. They were all my friends. And so it was really easy. Yeah, Um, definitely. (laughs) And we were fortunate. We were in a district that recognized the value of a certified school librarian. So they really did Um, support the library program, which was fabulous. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did that for three years. And then I had the opportunity to come to ESC Region 11, which is in Fort Worth. Um, And um, I am the library services consultant here at Region 11. We serve 77 different public school districts and gosh, I don't know, over 60 charter schools and a give some um, support also to a, um, a number of private schools. Okay. Um, part of that also is running a statewide consortium where we work with librarians all over the state of Texas. So um, through that consortium, we um, support 142 different districts. So I have the opportunity to work with librarians um, a lot, which mm-hmm. makes me very, very happy. <laughs> Could you ever have pictured yourself being where you are now, like when you first started out? No, 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 absolutely not. Um, But I do laugh because when I retire, 
um, I want to go back to the library. I want to <laughs> be back in a library. Yeah. So, um, and I bet librarians right this second would say, okay, come take my library right now. <laughs> yeah. So when you think about it, is there anything you could look back at that was kind of a turning point for you to start moving into like leadership positions like you've got? I was blessed to have a principal um, that I worked closely with on my campus. And um, I feel like that when you have that type of partnership, um, then your, your principal helps move you into those leadership roles. Um, in fact, she's the reason why I moved into curriculum instruction to be the digital learning coordinator was she moved and pulled me along with her. Okay, um, yes. And so um, I was very happy as the librarian there, but that was an opportunity that I felt like um, would be fun. It would be fun to try. Um, yeah. So. But a big step up. That's awesome. So, yes, okay. it was a big step up. Yeah. So when you when you think back to those years, I mean, you said you were in grad school while you were in the library. What, what are some stories that you remember from that time? What was that like for you? Um, one of the main things that happened when I was in grad school that had, I think, the biggest impact for me, Twitter, because what happened then was I was learning and growing, but through um, grad school and through the people in my district, I was able to learn and grow with people all over the country um, and really all over the world. Um, so that provided some opportunities um, through those interactions. You know, we would have author visits, we would connect with other people, and those were our favorite memories. I mean, the kids mm -hmm. loved having those author um, Skypes or Google Hangouts or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was very fun. We actually were one of the 10 classes or um, schools that um, interacted on a Google Hangout with the zookeeper of Ivan at, the, um, at Zoo Atlanta. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So our, there were hundreds of schools that were participating, but we were one of the 10 that got to actually interact and ask, ask questions. Wow, that's cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was very cool. Definitely. All right. So when you think back to yourself at their, the beginning, what, was there any kind of advice or tips that you wish you had known? Um, I, I don't know that there was really anything that I wish that I knew because I had a, that told me one thing that really helped me um, with everything. <laughs> and it was simple, okay. but it was keep the main thing, the main thing. Ah, yeah. And if I ever felt like, because you can get bogged down, um, a bunch of different areas in the library, um, whether I was overwhelmed with tasks that had to be done or overwhelmed, you know, with whatever it was, she would just always say, okay, remember, you've got to keep the main thing, the main thing. Um, because you know, as well as I do, that there's always, always something to do in the library that oh, can yeah. keep you away from kids or teachers are interacting with the people that are most important to that library program. Mm -hmm. And that's something hard, I think, at the beginning to realize as, an, as a young librarian, a young career-wise librarian, because, I mean, you want to help everybody, but you, you need to remember, you know, why you're there, you know, what the, right. what the main thing is. You're right. Okay. And the books can wait, you know, I mean, you can get overwhelmed by um, books on carts and mm -hmm. books that need to be repaired and things like that. Um, but that's really, you know, 
it's not the main thing. So just making sure that those relationships are always first. Yeah. People first. You're right. All right. Well, Shauna, what a, I, I know you're, are you working remotely right now or how are you working we, with the ESC? Right now we are, um, half of us come in part of the week and half of us come in the other part of the week. So okay. I am half here and half remote. Okay. And do you know, like the majority of the librarians in your area? I know you have so many different districts, but what are you seeing as far as their work? Um, I am seeing the majority of our librarians, really, I think all of our districts are back with in-person and the librarians are. um, Now I visited with them. We have a librarian PLN and I visited with them yesterday evening and bless their hearts. Librarians are exhausted right now because they are wearing so many hats. Mm -hmm. Um, They are trying to meet the needs of their library stakeholders, but they are also being pulled in, you know, a bunch of different directions like many people in the education system. So they are filling in for classroom teachers. They are um, supporting remote learning. Um, But you know, they're doing a lot of fun things too. Um, I saw somebody, um, one of our librarians is doing a tech tip through TikTok for her teachers. Um, They're just, they're looking for ways to to connect with their uh, stakeholders. So they're looking for, um, they're doing virtual book clubs and virtual book talks. Um, they're checking out maker kits and they're creating maker challenges. Um, so it's fun to even watch them look for those types of opportunities. Yeah. To connect. And more than ever, we need that professional learning network to grab those ideas from people. You know, when they're sharing what they're doing online, I've been so thankful for the people that um, willingly share things like that. So definitely. They, um, they have opted. We, I check with them each time, you know, is this still benefiting you? Because it's not me doing anything other than hosting and facilitating the conversation. And they come together and they share what they're doing. They share celebrations. They share um, issues that they're having that they need, um, you know, help resolving or figuring out some solutions for. And mm-hmm. uh, just the ideas that they're sharing are um, I think that they're inspiring to others and I don't think it's ever in a way that it makes people feel that they're not doing enough or they, they look at it and they go, Oh, I, you know, I could take that and tweak it and make it fit. Yeah. So they, they always feel like that it's meeting their needs still at this time. So that's good. Very, very good. All right. So when you think about the librarians in your area and you, you kind of alluded to this earlier that they're torn between so many different, you know, ways of supporting people right now, but where do you really see a librarian's influence? Like what's the impact that they can have? Well, we, and we talked about that a lot um, when we went into remote learning and um, we talked about that they work so hard to create these welcoming physical spaces for students to come into and teachers to come into. Um, But we have to push beyond that to make sure that we're accessible regardless of where the student or the teacher is and when they need that help and support. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, we um, worked a lot to create um, virtual library spaces and build those up. Um, Supporting the remote learning is going to be one of the biggest things and making sure that the students and the teachers know how to access resources whether it's resources that the librarian's providing um, that are paid for resources, whether it's our text quest resources that are, um, you know, so beneficial for our learners, 
Um, so making sure curating those resources, making sure that everyone knows how to access them. Mm. Um, I, I feel like that that's going to be um, a big job, a big role that they play. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think what else we've, we've done. Um, and still connecting with the virtual learners. They've really, they've really struggled with how do we make sure that we are um, still able to meet their needs? Mm -hmm. So they've come up with anything from, you know, the kids can request a book to be placed on hold and the librarian will deliver it, whether it's to the front office, if they're a virtual learner or mm -hmm. to the classroom, if they're face-to-face. -face. Um, somebody shared yesterday that they, um, they have students who struggle with picking out a book. And so requesting a book is a challenge for them. Yeah. So what they did was create a form where the librarian could recommend a book for the learner. Ah, okay. And so she, you know, asked, she created a Google form and, you know, put some genres and things like that, but also what are, what are some books that you've read that you really like? Okay. But then she went even further and asked what, um, what's a movie that you've liked <laughs> and then added, because she said, you know, I might be able to identify something based on the movie. Maybe they can't really come up with a book, but I could come up with something if they could tell me a movie. And then she added, um, what is something you don't like? What is a movie or a book that you haven't liked? So that she could really um, fine tune that. Mm -hmm. um, and the librarians, you know, when she was explaining this, they could then take that and make it fit their learner or their situation, their campus. So um, I thought that was a really great way. So they're looking for ways to connect, whether it be through their virtual library spaces or through still that face-to-face -face mm -hmm. interaction that they're having with their students. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, that's good. And you know what? Those are kind of universal things. You know, it's not when the virtual, well, virtual will never totally go away, you know, but, but when we're right. our back face-to-face, -face, a lot of those things are going to be, they're going to stay. You know, those are going to be things that we're still building relationships. We're still connecting. You know, we're still doing all that. So I think it's going to make us a lot stronger. We're going to be in a better, better place in the long term. So. We've talked about that, um, how it's pushed us mm -hmm. to where we already needed to be. And librarians could have told you that. They've been <laughs> trying to tell people that for years. Um, so it's pushed the entire school community yeah. to where we needed to be. And the librarians have been ready for this. Yes, I agree. I totally agree with that. All right. Well, no, early on before we started recording, we were just chatting about students and kind of like your focus when you were still in the, in the library yourself. So talk a little bit about, about empowering students. Okay. That was always something that um, I felt like was very important as a librarian. Um, I, I wanted that library space to be their space. Um, and it started with a student saying, oh, I remember that was the oops table. And I said, the what? The oops table. If you forgot your book, you had to sit at the oops table. And, and I was like, what? And so I was a little taken back by that. And I said, okay, so we needed to change the culture and the, the, um, the way the library was seen. And so um, I felt like at that point that kids needed to be empowered to really take on a leadership role in that library space. And it, it started with um, wanting to create a maker space and inviting kids to participate in um, designing that space. What would it look like? They researched um, colors, they researched design features and things like that. We actually had a, a little closet that we turned into and it wasn't real little, but it was 
a closet and it had two doors that came in, one from the hallway and one from the library. It was like a copy room. But yeah. the kids participated. They not participated. They really led that. Um, and they designed that space. We created that space. But what it did then, when you empowered them, it also, um, they have ownership mm-hmm. in that space. And so they made sure that all the things we added into the maker space were taken care of, you know, were, were put up the way that they were supposed to. They, mm-hmm. they felt um, that that space was theirs yeah. and they needed to take care of it. Um, we, you know, we would have the kids uh, maybe guest blog on the library blog. And so they would, they would write a blog post about, um, well, actually they, one of them wrote about the makerspace. Um, we would also take the kids, like our maker team was a group of kids. We did it after school. We would rotate uh, out. The kids would help us. They would, we would do um, a Google form. They would help us come up with the ideas of what we would focus on, but we ended up being invited to um, bring those kids to present to here where I work at Region 11, where I worked here. But the maker team came and shared with adults here about their maker program wow. and what they, and honestly, the, they, it was student led. I didn't present anything. I didn't create anything. The kids came, they stood up, they had designed like a presentation. They had their station set up and they walked the adults through. And these were like curriculum leaders for districts across um, our region. Mm-hmm. So just ha- having opportunities like that for them creates um, an environment that they want to be a part of. Um, yeah. And what grade levels were those? Elementary. So that was um, oh, even third through, yeah, third through six okay. did that. I, I would let, I started out with the maker club only being, um, I think second through sixth, but then first graders wanted to participate too. So we just kept bumping it down. In fact, I think I was only supposed to bring maybe eight to 10 students to the service center that day, but kids kept coming up and saying they wanted to go. (laughs) We had quickly bought t-shirts and everything because it was, you know, it wasn't something that had been planned months in advance. Yeah. Um, And so finally the last student came up and he said, you know, that he really wanted to go. And so I handed him my t-shirt and called the service center one more time and said, we're up to 20 now. (laughs) So (laughs) all 20 of them came. Um, But, you know, to tell you how um, powerful that can be, one of the kiddos who was a struggling learner in a traditional setting really thrived in that, that environment. And so he came up and he said, can you get a scholarship for things like this? And at that point you start realizing you're, you have the opportunity to provide experiences for these kids in a learning environment that is safe mm-hmm. um, and let them have experiences that they might not have in a traditional setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was kind of a driving force for me was I wanted it to be where anybody and everybody could, um, well, I mean, like we always say, can find themselves in a library mm-hmm. and whether it be that you know, it's over in the maker area or it is um, in the biography section or wherever it is that they can find their self in that library yeah. and feel at home. That's awesome. All right. So with a lot of our listening audience is our early career librarians. So when you're, when any kind of tips you might have for them about how do you start with getting, with empowering students choice and their, and their voice? That's a great question. Um, I think to begin with, um, 
having lots of conversations with those kiddos when they come in, um, listening to them. Mm-hmm. One student came in and she was telling me about this YouTube channel that she um, would watch for book recommendations. And I said, why can't you do that for us? And so <laughs> we ended up making a, that was part of our media maker club, but okay. it's like listening and then take it and taking that idea and saying, okay, that sounds like a great thing that you could do here at our library. Mm-hmm. And so it, through those conversations, and it's just like that with anybody else. I mean, it's those conversations that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that we did was we had a, a leadership team. And so we had students apply to be a part of that. But I never want things to be too limited to where there's just a few people that get to participate, which is why we end up having way too many oftentimes. Um, but the listening and then um, including them in discussions all the time. Yeah. Um, also having the, the leadership at your campus, recognizing the importance of having students yeah. being a part of things like that. Okay. So uh, were, did you have a library advisory committee or this was like a student leadership for the campus? Student leadership for the campus. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I know some people will actually have, you know, a separate committee. So I was curious how that fit in um, with that. So if you were elementary, were you fixed or flexible or what was your schedule like? It was a combination. Um, We were, we had something um, where the teachers would have an extended conference time to have, it was a, like a PLC time that um, we would cover. And so um, half of the school would come through the library through that, um, Mm -hmm. through this PLC time. And I would have um, a quarter of a grade level for 45 minutes and then another quarter. So, you know, I would split. Um, So I might have 30 kindergartners without an aide in the (laughs) library for 45 minutes and then split. And then I'd have six graders. (laughs) So it was always fun on Mondays. Yeah. um, So I would have half the school that came in for that. Um, And then during that same week, I would bring in um, the K through two kids for a quick check-in, check-out. Mm-hmm. And because I wanted the, the younger readers to have that set time every week that they could come in. The older kids could come in whenever they wanted to. So I would have them trained to where they could come in and I could be teaching a class and they would come in and they would find a book and check it out. And okay. if they had so a question. Check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious how, what your schedule was like. Cause in my mind, if, if it was totally flexible, you'd have a lot more time, you know, to have these kind of conversations with the kids. Um, but you had that, you had flexible time built in. So that that's mm-hmm. good. Very, very good. And I would, I mean, you know, there are those, those kiddos that'll come by in the morning. To, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, there are always kids that if you're making that environment um, welcoming, they're going to pop in. Yeah. So yeah. And in my case, it was always after school because um, we were a neighborhood school. So everybody would walk home, you know, so they would hang out a while and then eventually go. But that, that was really good conversation time for me. Um, and I was in elementary also. So right. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, the other thing we had a green screen area, you know, so having places like that within and it was a it wasn't a huge library, but it had little nooks and areas that I could create these um, extra spaces and so um, the kids would possibly be working on a project in their classroom and then they would come in and use the, um, the green screen setup or what mm-hmm. have you. So, and I tried to, and it's something that's more difficult if you're a classroom teacher, but I tried to always know less than they did 
for things like makerspace and the green screen and things like that to where they had to figure it out. So I can still, I still do not know how to work that makey makey, that little thing with the banana. Okay. Have <laughs> still have no idea. And I, I was okay with that. I got to the point where I was just like, if I have to figure out everything before I can let kids do it, we won't ever get these things out. <laughs> and so I would show them where the, the, the little um, video tutorial was for the green screen. If they had questions, they could go and they could look there, you yeah. know? So I kept trying to empower them, yeah. which really frees up your time to have those conversations with other kids because you're that's not true. having to problem solve. That's true. And that's something we want of our students. You know, we want them to be self-directed and independent learners and problem solving. You know, that's very good. Awesome. Absolutely. All right. So in your role, um, you provide a lot of professional development, um, but when you think about yourself still learning, um, or maybe you do the same thing with the librarians, do you give them things like makey makey <laughs> and have to figure it out on their own? How, you know, how, how are you staying sharp so you can keep feeding, you know, into the lives of the librarians that you serve? I, I still am, am very active on Twitter. Okay. Um, and so that helps me stay tuned in to things. Mm -hmm. um, TLA is very helpful. TCA, you know, the organizations that we join provide those learning opportunities, whether they're lunch and learns or things like that. Um, and honestly, I, I am open to anyone really in any field teaching me something new. Um, so if you're a first year librarian, I guarantee you that there's something that you can teach me mm -hmm. and I'm always going to be open to that. Um, I am fortunate to work on the digital learning team. And so there are people that, um, will introduce me to different tools or things. So I think that being open-minded to learning, regardless of who the person is in front of you, I, I always want to know what people do. And it's not because I think that's a status thing. It's what can I learn from you uh -huh. from your job? Does that make sense? Like it, does. it doesn't really matter to me. Like, I'm not asking because, oh, if you do this, then I know that, you know, um, it's some level of status. It's just that I know that I can learn from people and I want to know what you, <laughs> what do you have to offer me? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It was not unusual for me to connect my students via, um, before it was Zoom, you know, Skype or what have you, um, <laughs> with a friend of my daughter's, you know, one of her friends was um, a computer programmer. I was like, oh, you know what? That'll be awesome. We are doing coding. We'll connect. <laughs> we'll connect with you. And so just being open to that learning. Um, yeah. And I just look for it wherever I can find it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's I think that's something that leaders do. They 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 look at leaders even in other fields. I mean, it could be the business world, you know, it could be who knows, hospitals or something, but seeing what they're writing and talking about, there's always pieces we can grab. Um, and be able to pull that in. And, and they think about, they're trained through college, you know, to think about things differently than we're trained to think about things, you know, because we have our mindset or our vision of, of a librarian, you know, and how we see things. But it's always so amazing to see another field, you know, and how they're thinking and doing and, and being able to grab those good things and pull it into our world. So. Well, and I think that that helps you provide opportunities for students Mm -hmm. when you know about those opportunities, True. you know, if you don't, if you don't do hour of code, then students aren't going to know that that's even an option for them mm -hmm. later in life. Mm -hmm. If you don't provide those opportunities, then they don't even know that they're out there. And so yeah. the more we, we um, increase our knowledge, 
then the more able we are to increase the knowledge of our students. Yeah, very good. Good point there. All right. So Shauna, as we're closing out our time, if any of the listeners want to follow you or and keep learning from you, where are they going to find you on social media? Well, I am on Twitter at Shauna Ford one. Um, obviously Shauna Ford was taken. Um, <laughs> and then also at ESC 11 library. And so we share out um, the things that our librarians are doing in our region, um, and then just other resources that we find. We also have a Facebook group for ESC Region 11 Library Services, and so we would love to connect with people there, um, or I would, it's not a week, <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> and then um, I've started an Instagram account that I have not done a whole lot with, but it is also at ESC 11 Library. So. Okay. Very Those good. are the different things. I am not on TikTok, um, but I'm happy for those of you who are. <laughs> I think that's the most vulnerable one. <laughs> <laughs> for for int- I'm an int- I consider myself an introvert, so I have an account, but I am uh-huh. not, not an active user. I'll watch. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll enjoy, but I'm not an active active participant, you know, in that. Right. All right. Well, Shauna, thanks so much for your time today. It was great talking to you and I look forward to following you and hope other others will follow you as well as they start building their own personal learning network. So have a great day and thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. This is great. And I know that librarians use this podcast to learn a lot. So thank you for giving us all this opportunity. Uh, Great talking to you. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.